Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Lead me today, all right. Maybe sometime in the future, anybody that knows, used to, we used to have something on the back that showed exactly what was up on the front. And so unless you turn around, you don't know. And it, so it just makes it a little more difficult. Might have to get a monitor or something down here in the future that will show whatever's there. Amen. So I'll just let you take care of that. And that's one less thing I got to worry about. All right. Appreciate it. Amen. Acts chapter number four. Amen. Verse number 13. We're going to read uh, here this morning. Uh, come back tonight. Uh, second part of uh, the Connect series that Brother Mason started last month will be tonight. Uh, last time he spoke about connecting with God. Now he's, this, tonight he'll be speaking about connecting with each other. Amen. So come back for that. You don't want to miss that. Amen. There is service this coming Wednesday here. There will be uh, a, a, a group of us gone to National Youth Convention in Indianapolis. Amen. So pray for those that are going on that trip. The Lord would speak to them. Amen. Pray for the speakers that are ministering there, that God would give them the words that uh, our young people of this generation need. Amen. To hear at this moment in time in their lives. Amen. So be mindful of that. Acts chapter 4, verse 13. We're just going to read one verse of Scripture this morning. We've been in our series about the power to be witnesses. And this morning, we're going to focus in on boldness. Uh, some say, well, I don't have boldness, Pastor. Well, that's the reason why we're going to talk about it. Boldness to be power or to be witnesses, rather. Amen. Acts 4, verse 13. This one verse, this is uh, tucked into a very familiar passage to many of the healing of the lame man that sat at the gate called Beautiful and uh, the uh, subsequent trial if you will of Peter and John on trial for uh, the happening that occurred there this is what the Bible says concerning these um, men uh, elders and rulers and such that had them on trial so to speak the Bible says verse 13 now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men so they did not have any formal training they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. There's something that caught their attention, though, in all of that. And that was primarily they saw the boldness of Peter and of John in the whole scenario with the lame man at the gate. Amen. And so we want to talk about boldness in our endeavor to have the power to be witnesses this morning. Father, I come to you today. I'm grateful, Lord, for those that have gathered here this morning. We're so thankful. God, we've come into your house. God, give you worship and praise, Lord. And that has happened in this place. We're grateful, Lord, for those who have, Lord, come to an altar to pray today. God, we hope, Lord Jesus, God, that they have, Lord, felt something, perhaps experienced something, or know without doubt that God is working for them and trying his best to guide them. I pray, Lord Jesus, today, God, speak to us, Lord God, through your word this morning. God will not fail to thank you, Lord, for what you accomplish in this place. In the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen and amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. So good to see so many different ones in the house. Lord, good to see Natalia and Skylar. Amen. Here today. Amen. After a season of not seeing them, good to see them this morning. And everybody that was at a family game night on Friday had a good group of people. 
that was here. A lot of chatter. It was loud back there. And that's good. I didn't hurt my feelings one bit. Amen. So glad for all those that came out to uh, participate. Just a good time of fellowship uh, with one another. Boldness. I want to talk about boldness this morning. Again, uh, this one isolated verse that I read to you today is tucked in that story of the healing of the lame man that was uh, daily, the Bible says, carried to the gate called Beautiful. And this was a very exciting time, very exciting time and occurrence that took place after the, the day of Pentecost. It was exciting within itself with Pentecost happening, but now we have things that are even uh, precipitating from Pentecost. You know, there's signs and there's miracles and there's wondering, uh, wonders and there's others uh, that are receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost in various places. And, and it just goes to show that Pentecost wasn't an isolated event, but it's something that continued. The Bible even speaks of the disciples that they continued in breaking of bread and in fellowship and prayer and in the apostles' doctrine. And so it has continued from that moment even unto now. Uh, what we uh, endeavor to experience and have even within our church this morning is something that was continued after the day of Pentecost, amen, in Acts chapter number 2. But as the story goes with these exciting things that were going on, Peter and John, as their custom was, was on their way to the temple to pray. The Bible, I believe it says, was uh, the ninth hour whenever they were on their way to the temple to pray as their custom was. And, and uh, they, they went to the temple as they would to go have a time of prayer. There was a man sitting at the gate called Beautiful, which if the Bible says that he was laid there daily, then it's probably not the first time that Peter and John have seen him sitting there at this particular gate. But as they go by, he was doing as he normally done, being lame from his birth. He is asking, the Bible says, for alms. And so as they approach him and he is asking for alms, we don't know much about him except that he's lame. We don't know his hair color, eye color, so on and so forth, what he looked like. But he asked for alms. And the Bible says that Peter fastened his eyes upon this gentleman and commanded him. Now here's, here's boldness right away. Commanded him, look on us. He's asking for alms. And he's like, say, look right here. Look on us. So that's bold within itself. But then the Bible says that after he calls him to look upon him, that the lame man, and this, this is, I think, you know, common uh, or, or just knowledge or what you think would happen, he expects them to receive something. I mean, if you have some guy telling you, look on me when you're asking for alms, you're, you're probably expecting, well, he's, he's got something. He, he can somehow, you know, connect the dots for me here. I'm asking for alms. He says, look on me. You know, it, it seems like my answer is going to be then and whatever that he has. And so he's expecting to receive something. And so Peter and John approach this lame man that's asking for alms. And he says, silver and gold have I none. Now, I don't know what happened in that nanosecond of that lame man hearing, look on us, he's expecting to receive something, and then Peter's next words is silver and go to have I none. It's going to say, now, what are you saying? Look on me or not look on me? You know, what, what really are you getting at here? Because I'm asking for alms, and now you're telling me silver and go to have I none. But then Peter said, again, a mark of boldness. He says, but such as I have. Give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. 
And the miracle of the story is the man stood to his feet, received strength in his feet and his ankle bones, didn't just rise up and walk, but the Bible says went walking and leaping into the temple. What boldness. Look on me. I don't have, I don't have the practical thing that you're asking for. But what I do have, he says, then I'll give to you. Let's just make a little footnote here this morning. You cannot give somebody something that you don't have. For that matter, you can't even pretend to present to somebody something you don't know anything about. Amen. Peter could say what he said because he had already had that upper room experience of Acts chapter number 2 where the Lord had totally trans, transformed the lives of the 120 in the upper room. So he knew that perhaps he didn't have silver and gold. He didn't have a material thing, but he had something that was supernatural that could just be of a greater help and a greater aid unto this lame man. Listen. Notice something else. The man's asking for alms. He's at, that's what I want. Peter says, in, in, let me just paraphrase, I can't give you what, I, what you want, but I can give you what you need. Amen. We need to be great, great Christians, people of God today that don't, and, and it's, an, it's important to be humanitarian and, and, and feed the poor and clothe the naked and all that's great. But there's something beyond the level of just fulfilling what people want, all right, or even need, you know, I understand the practical side, but there's a greater need than clothes on the back. And there's a greater need than fulfilling the hunger in, 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 their, in, their, in their stomach. There's a need that goes beyond that. Those are needs of the temporal life. Those are the needs of the temporal life. But there is an ultimate need that is for the eternal life that is necessary. And I understand sometimes you get your foot in the door for the supernatural by fulfilling the natural. You feed somebody bread, you might have an ear to talk to them about the bread of life. Huh? You help put clothes on their back and you can tell them about a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And so sometimes it's a way I know to get your foot in the door. But he extends to them. There's this grand miracle uh, that takes place. And so uh, he walks into the temple and he, he's walking and leaping, praising God before he was not permitted into the temple because of his lameness. Lame person was not allowed. They weren't allowed. They had to be able to, whenever they had the feast of Pentecost and Passover and Tabernacles, they had to be, have been able to make the journey on their own without aid or help in order to enter into the temple. So this man, the best that he could get in the entirety of his life was always just to be at the door of the temple, hear the praise, the adoration, everything going on the inside, but not able to participate. His best was just to be at the door of the temple. But on this day, everything changed because of his healing. Now there was nothing keeping him from going into the temple. And so he goes into the temple and here's these people that have walked past our lame man at the gate all these years. The Bible tells us later in the next chapter, chapter four, that is, that he was above 40 years old. For 40 years, they have seen this man at the outside of the temple, but today he's on the inside of the temple and poor, probably more notably than anything, they've seen this man sitting on the ground where someone placed him, but today he's walking of his own accord and strength into the temple. And whenever that happened, whenever that miracle happened, you have a miracle and you have a story like that, people's going to want to hear it. 
If you say, I was healed of cancer, people's like, what? Miracles draw crowds. Miracles draw crowds. And Peter did not let this opportunity get by him. Everybody's seen this man that they'd known before, now healed, walking, leaping. They're wanting to know what happened to you, right? What happened to you? And so Peter, taking advantage of this great crowd that is gathered, begins to speak to them about the power of God, about the ability of God even being in their life, about the power that's in the name Jesus. He began to testify to them and be a bold witness, if you will, of the power of Jesus Christ. And he was bold in doing it. He's been bold along the way. Look on me. I don't have silver and gold, but I, I could try to convey to you, amen, such as I have. God did a miracle, and now he's telling them about the Jesus Christ that's behind the miracle. Listen, your boldness for God won't just get the attention of those that are hungry for God. It'll get the attention of those that don't want to have anything to do with God. Boldness will make you a friend to some and an enemy to others. Mm -hmm. Because he also got the attention of the priests, religious priests, and the Sadducees, and certain of the temple that came down and said, what do these boys think they're doing? And as a result, they kind of put them in almost like prison or house arrest overnight. They hold them to question them the next day in Acts chapter number four. And so we have all the great pomp and the prestige, if you will, of the rulers and the priests coming. The elders going to question them with many questions Amen. They thought they had Peter and John held as captives, but little did they understand they, Peter and John was going to flip that on the head and make them their captive audience. Amen. For the miracle working power of Jesus Christ. And so here's Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. He boldly proclaims the message in Acts chapter 8. He's already done it to the crowd. Now he does it to these rulers. He does it to these Sadducees, these people over the temple. He begins to tell them about what God had done for this individual. And these guys are without uh, being able to put anything on, if you will, Peter and John, because they knew the lame man too. They knew he was lame from birth. They knew he could not walk of his own accord. And so the Bible says in it all, our key verse, that they took knowledge then of them, amen, because of their boldness. They took knowledge of them because of their, their boldness and because they had been with Jesus. Because there's an important uh, line of, of, of connection here. And that is... Sure, people have a certain element of boldness on their own, but the boldness I'm talking about, proclaiming the gospel, uh, doing the thing that Peter did, look on us, I don't have anything, but I can give you what I do have, and saying in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. You don't do that over human boldness. That's a supernatural boldness. And so when we understand that, even in our testimony and our witness sometimes, some people, yes, by nature, are, are, have the ability to speak to a rock. You know, they speak to anything, speak to a wall. But God can help any of us, whether we're introvert or extrovert, whenever we tap into the boldness of the Spirit. And what these guys recognize, they had been with Jesus, meaning this, their boldness was not just that of some human manufacturing or human makeup. It was something that is a result of having been with the Lord. And the only way that we can really be bold 
in our witness like God would want us to be bold in our witness is that we got to spend some time with him. We got to spend some time with the Lord. If you find yourself incapable of being bold in your witness, it may be linked to the fact you need to spend a little bit more time, mm -hmm, a little bit more time with the Lord. They had spent time. What were they getting ready to do as they went to the temple? They were going to pray as they oftentimes did. They were going to go spend some time, if you will, in the Lord. And a daily diet of that, a daily practice of that, uh, generated within their lives a boldness that they could say, look on us and such as I have, give I thee and rise up and walk type of words. And so they had a bold witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now here's something. Have you ever, have you ever just in your life, I know whenever I was younger, now I do it sometimes as I'm older, but there was nothing more entertaining just to sit down on a bench in the mall and watch people. Anybody like the people watch? Sat down on a bench and just watch people. You know, husbands and wives walk by, how they're dealing with their kids, and it, it's the best entertainment. It doesn't cost a dime except your gas to get there. Just watch people. You know, and you, sometimes people do certain things that cause you to have a second glance. You know, and it, it's, it's quite, quite interesting. Well, whenever we talk about, when we talk about, Brother Zach McGee, help me right here, bold and empowered witness will grab the attention of our lost world. Want to talk about getting the attention? Have a bold and empowered witness. Because whenever you become that person, and let me tell you, I'll tell you right now, I'll tell you who the best witnessers are. Those that have just been newly filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that to make the rest of us just sit back on our laurels as though, well, they need to be doing the job. No. I'm just saying, it seems to be they're the best why they've just had the experience in their own life and they're ready to tell somebody within their circle of influence about what's happened to them and about what's changed for them. And so there's that automatic boldness and that automatic empowerment of God's spirit that's so irrefutable and unmistakable in their life that even some of them may be like the layman. Hey, you was setting, but now you're walking. What happened? And so other people that have witnessed their life saying, there's something different about you. And so that opens up a door for them to have the power to witness. But number two, Zach McGee, an important first prayer of an empowered witness is a prayer for wisdom. Everybody say wisdom. John 1, 5 even tells us that we could all ask for wisdom. The Lord would give it to us liberally if we ask for wisdom. But whenever you take that prayer for wisdom and you link it to another verse of Scripture, Ecclesiastes 8 and 1, before you hear this morning, Ecclesiastes 8 and 1, then there comes a linking of wisdom and boldness. The Bible says, who is as the wise man and who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine and the boldness of his face shall be changed. You know what it says? A man's wisdom. Now listen, the Bible talks about two wisdoms. It talks about a wisdom that is from above, and it talks about the wisdom of man. They are absolutely different. The wisdom from above is different from the wisdom of a man. 
Amen. Matter of fact, I think it's James even that talks about the wisdom that is from above, that it is first pure and then it's peaceable and it lists a bunch of other stuff. But there's a difference between these two. And the Bible says that whenever you get man's wisdom, man's wisdom will cause your face to shine. What's that mean? It's going to cause you to stand out. It's going to cause you to stand out and boldness of his face shall be changed. In other words, it's going to give him that grit, that boldness that he didn't have prior to that wisdom that was from above. If I can say like this this morning, another point, your wisdom, your boldness will make you attractive to those who are seeking the Lord. By and large, we're all we're somebody that can put themselves out there. We have a certain, I don't care who you are, a certain bit of admiration for somebody that can just do that. I've been several different places this year, several different places, and uh, been places in, in big cities where they have a lot of those street performers, you know, that take place. Man, you know, there's a certain part of me that has an admiration for somebody that can just go out in the middle of a, a huge city street and they say, hey, everybody, everybody, just gather around. And they got some unicycle out there. They're doing some feet. Now, there's, there's a certain bit of admiration. I'm glad they're doing it. I wouldn't want to be in their shoes at that moment because of the way that, 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 that I kind of turned a little bit. But there's a certain bit of admiration. Like, man, that, that guy's just really got some guts to be able to do that. And you know what happens? People start gathering around. I mean, they'll sit there, they have their phones out, tape an individual they don't know from Adam, and he's just talking about he's going to do something great. And they're already videotaping him. Now, that's a per pretty good skill. I mean, to be able to garner that attention in a moment. Well, I want you to know that the wisdom and the power of the Holy Ghost can cause you to attract, if you will, the attention of those that are hungry for God. You know, you know how you can attract those that are hungry in a literal way? Walk around with bread. Huh? Go, 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 go among the homeless and walk around with food in your hand. You're going to attract the hungry. No different than the supernatural. Walk around with the bread of life. Walk. And you'll attract those that are hungry. Now, here's the fact. Someone say, I don't have confidence. Mm -hmm. I lack confidence. I lack confidence in my ability to communicate I, I lack confidence in my ability to witness let's, let's, let's peer into your head this morning this is the reason why I am not bowed for the Lord what if I say something wrong what if I say something wrong what if they ask a question I can't answer Boy, am I, am, I, am I talking to anybody this morning? I feel like we might be in the Holy Ghost here today. Uh, well, what, what if they ask a question I can't answer? I may not know what to say. Listen, listen. You, you have faith in God. You trust in your God, right? This, number one, number one, uh, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 3.15, it won't be up there, but write it down. 1 Peter 3.15, that, that if any man asketh a reason of the hope that lieth within you, then we should be able to have a response. And it's not always because of human ingenuity that we have a response. It's just like in Luke, whenever they were brought before 
uh, the magistrates and the judges. He said this, and I, I don't want to stretch this way out of context here, but he said, take no thought for what you will say, but in the hour that you need to say something, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God will fill your mouth. You, if you have the Spirit and the power of the Holy Ghost in your life, I have found it in my own life that when I talk to someone and the question comes, I might not... I'd had the answer, but the Holy Ghost quickens to my memory what I need. And for a side note, here's a quick side note. There's nothing wrong with saying, I don't know, but I can get back to you. Now, pride will, pride will tell you you got to know everything there is to know from Genesis to Revelations, and you forget it. Listen, I do this for a living, not literally. It's just, I, you know, understand what I'm saying. This is my livelihood, and I have been doing it for several years. You can ask me questions about stuff I've did 54-week series on. And unless I'm doing it in the moment, it's not going to be as keen and as bright as it was the moment I was doing the 54-week series on. Amen. I'm going to have to go back and... <laughs> that's that's a, you know, If you've got a family Bible, it's even thicker. And that, that's a lot of stuff right here. Amen. So there's nothing wrong with saying, let me get back to you. But also, there's nothing wrong with relying on the Holy Ghost. Huh? Relying on the Holy Ghost. Because, listen, God wants to see you come out shining great. He wants to see you succeed in your witness endeavors. You hear me? God wants to see you. He's not putting you out on the, the end of the limb and going to cut you off. He wants to see you succeed. So we have faith, you know, in God to heal and do all that. Have faith that God can help you in the moment that you endeavor to be a witness for him that he'll give you the right words to say. Listen, sometimes the beginning of our witness is not in what we're saying. It's in what we sit there and listen to. You've heard me say it all times. Sometimes whenever people start spilling, you know, unsaved, whatever it is, spilling all their life's journey and trouble and problems, I'm, I don't have to sit there and begin to fix that for them. A lot of times they just need somebody to hear about it. And the hearing about it in itself is a witness. Amen. You don't realize it, but a lot of times just being able to listen with your mouth closed is a witness. Amen. And so, and so, you know, what if I say something wrong? What if, you know, the Holy Ghost will help us. The Holy Ghost will operate. The Holy Ghost will direct us. We've done Wednesday nights on the gifts of the Spirit. Man, those are some good times that those things can kick in gear. And give you a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom that's needed in a moment of time. And so the Bible says after Peter and John had this interaction with, with the chief uh, uh, priest and such that they were released from their prison. But this is what happened. They were released upon this condition. We want you to go forth and we want you to neither speak nor teach in the name of Jesus. Huh. That's asking the preacher. That's like asking a preacher not to preach. That's asking like some of us to go on an eternal fast. It's not happening. Amen. And so these seem to be some impossible orders. And look how they reacted to it. After they received the instruction, we find them, they're in prayer again because that's what that was the condition. That was the way of their life. They had those times with the Lord. They're in prayer again. And look, they're not praying to God. God, help me keep my mouth shut. Help me not to teach or preach in your name. No. But what were they praying for? We can look at it in Acts chapter number 4. They were praying for boldness to speak the word of God. 
Look at it. The Bible says that I think you have it for me, Brother Zach. Yes. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant to thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word. Skipping down a little bit. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. You know what we need sometimes to revive or revamp or encounter our boldness? We need a good prayer meeting and a refilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need a good prayer meeting and a refilling of the Holy Ghost. This, I know something, whenever, man, I first received the Holy Ghost, man, I felt like I could tear a building down, grab a lion by his beard, wrestle him down to the ground. Sometimes what we need is another encounter with God. We need that same spirit that came upon us when we first received it, that overwhelming awe and presence of the power. Because, yes, a refilling, if you will, of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you right now, there's things as a, as a pastor, as an evangelist, as a guest minister that I've done under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, I absolutely would have not have done otherwise. You hear me? Man walked into some places, did some things before people I'd never done without the inspiration and empowering of the Holy Ghost. Almost every Sunday standing before you group of people doing this right, I wouldn't be doing it without the inspiration and power of the Holy Ghost. I wouldn't stand before 6,000 people out of NYC and preach to them unless it was under the inspiration and the power of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> because, number one, maybe six, but not 6,000. Power of the Holy Ghost. So it can empower you to do things that your, your person, your natural person, may not otherwise do. And that's the reason why we need its help. Amen. So personal prayer life, absolutely necessary. Times of refreshing from the Lord, absolutely necessary to be a witness for the Lord, to have that wisdom and that boldness to witness for the Lord. Whenever God gives you, another point, when God gives you boldness, it will be an overcoming boldness. What are you talking about? He gives you a boldness that will overcome your personal shortcomings overcoming boldness it'll overcome your personal shortcomings i don't know how many times i've heard my father pray whether it be here or whenever i was a kid growing up and the, these these are some of those common words of prayer he would pray whenever he'd go to pray i remember him talking to god he'd say god i'm not the best educated man I've heard him pray this. I don't know how many times. God, I am not the best educated man. He goes through the list of all of his shortcomings. But then, God, if you can use me. You know what that's asking for? That's asking for an overcoming, overpowering boldness to overcome his, what he perceives to be his shortcomings. Amen. And God will come alongside you and help you in that endeavor. Say, well, Brother McGee, I'm too shy. Well, Again, tap into that, and it'll help you overcome what you perceive to be a shortcoming. I, I'm too shy. I'm afraid they won't like me. Well, number one, no, no grouping of people will ever all like you. There's people that don't like me right here this morning. Maybe not this morning, but there are times along the way that you don't like me. Frankly, there's times I don't like you either. Welcome to society. 
Welcome to any grouping of people. That's, that's the reason why we call this a church family. You show me and your family when you've never been at odds with each other. But then at the same time be able to turn around and love each other. Amen. So, so here we are. So please, please don't ever leave and say, bless God, I'm mad at them. I just don't like them. Well, the next group of people you're going to get in, you're going to have the same thing because this is. Same thing. So you just learn how to, you know, get upset, but you learn then how to make amends. Amen. That would be a great, great subject matter for another time. Amen. How to make amends. So he gives you that overpowering Overcoming boldness, overcoming those things that uh, you perceive as shortcomings. Overcoming limitations that you might have in your life. For one, literal things. Peter and John didn't have any alms to give the man. Huh? Didn't have any alms to give them. But they did have a personal experience of what God had done for them. They didn't have necessarily at this point in time any personal experience of you know, there's 10 lame men in our past that God used us <laughs> miraculously in, and they're walking today. They didn't have a testimony of that. This was the first occurrence of this in their life and ministry. But they did have the boldness to say, such as I have, give I thee. What, what, what could be some of those overcoming shortcomings, boldness that God can give, it could be this. You ever, has anybody ever had somebody here that you know, don't know, whatever, but they find out you're a Christian or however it may have worked out or played out, ask you, you know, well, I got this circumstance. Will you pray for me? You ever had that happen? How many of us has ever said, yeah, we'll have the church pray for you on da-da-da or yes, I'll pray for you. Here's something to go just a step further of Holy Ghost boldness. Ask them, can I pray for you right now? And without the pastor there or without anybody else there, just you and Jesus, grab a hand and say a prayer over whatever the need is in the moment. There's a good baby step in practicing Holy Ghost boldness. Serious. It's, it's as simple as that. It really is. Now, someone said, Mary McGee, that's not as simple as you're just saying it right now. Oh, bless God. Well, let's go back to prayer and get refilling into the Holy Ghost to be empowered for the moment. Amen. You know how to pray. You have to use all the these and the vows and all that stuff. Just talk to God. Talk to God about whatever their particular need is. And I guarantee you, if you ask them if you can do that, man, it can have a great impact upon their life. Great impact upon their life. There a lady that came here not that long ago whenever I was doing God is One series. She came here on a Wednesday, a couple Wednesdays, and... Uh, Primarily, a few different reasons, but another reason, uh, my wife goes to this particular place, the business where this lady works, and one day she was working there, and uh, my wife, she could tell and just sensed that something just wasn't quite right. And she asked this lady, she says, you okay, everything okay? The lady began to spill a little bit of what was going on, and uh, rather than saying, we're going to go pray to with you at the church or we'll remember you all that Don says do you mind if I pray with you right now and she grabbed the lady's hand that was behind the counter right there in that moment didn't you know called out oh blessed great God father the high potentate one no she just prayed a prayer for this lady tears streaming down her face while she's on the other side and um, I know some of the reason but part of the reason of her being here even those two Wednesdays was that impacted her life 
this person, I've told them my need. They care enough about my need that they're going to pause right now in their day, regardless of where we are, and say a prayer to the Lord on my behalf. Someone say amen. Something else to consider. I don't know if it's the next slide. I told you, you know, nobody can refute your story, right? So sometimes lead them with your story. But here's the catcher. Oftentimes as you tell your story, you've opened the door for his story. Because your story involves his story. Your story of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name involves his story of death, burial, and resurrection. <laughs> so while you're telling your story, you've opened the door for his story. Amen to be told. It seemed like maybe you couldn't lead with that, but you can incorporate that because his story is a part of your story. Everybody with me? Amen. And so whenever we do that, when we lead with that, then we're able to share the story of the Lord, what he has done, you know, for me, how God has intervened. Amen. I want to real quickly stay track of time here. We're doing good. I want to go through some of the enemies. This is another one on the list. There are some specific enemies of boldness or to boldness. Now, these are enemies that I believe that can be conquered. These are enemies that I believe that can be overcome from prayer and, and from drenching our minds in the word of the Lord and having that refreshing of the Holy Ghost upon our lives. But these are some things that can be enemies of boldness because, again, uh, the Spirit told us to go, to teach, to be those witnesses within the world. And so here, number one, one enemy of our boldness is this, unbelief. Unbelief is an enemy of boldness. We got to believe that we can be used as a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, let me point this out concerning unbelief being a, 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 a tool, if you will, or an enemy of boldness. And, and this kind of goes back to what I said earlier. You can't convince something, convince somebody about something that you don't believe in yourself. Because they are going to sense that you're not genuine or that you're not convinced. So belief is the enemy of boldness because you can't be bold about something you are on the wall about yourself. Number two, busyness. Busyness is an enemy of boldness. And now I can ask the question, who's busy around here? Everybody. Busyness is an enemy of boldness. Why? Because I got this to do, and when that's done, this to do, and when that's done, this to do, and I got my mind already prioritized what I need to get done today. And so if there's a chance that somebody needs something from me along the way, I have this to do, and I can't take the time. Just being honest with you, busyness, busyness is probably a, 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 a downfall of me. Personally, man, I got this, this, I don't want to stop or that X, Y, and Z is not going to get done. But when we look at that X, Y, and Z is temporal, but that so is eternal. Right? And so the lawn doesn't get mowed. Big deal. 
You understand what I'm saying? That's the way we got to think. Big deal. So I, I had to stand, you know, I stood there and I talked a little bit longer, but I was planting seed perhaps. Maybe I'm not seeing anything right now, but I was just planting seed. You know what? The lawn will grow just a little bit more until I can get to it, but it'll still get cut. You know what I'm saying? Busyness is the enemy of our bonus. Just I just don't have I don't have the time. Or I won't take the time. I, I've said this before too, talking about God wants to see you succeed. Remember, uh, in New Testament scripture, Jesus says, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. The Bible says this he signified concerning what death he would die. The death of being lifted up on the cross. And we've said in modern day, and I've even fell pray to it sometimes. Well, let's lift the Lord up. We're talking about praise and worship. I understand that happens. But in reality, Christ was already lifted up on the tree. And when he said, when I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. From the moment of Calvary, then there's a draw on humanity to the Lord. So whenever you go to be a witness, you are witnessing to someone that God is already drawing. That should bolster our, our, our concept that whenever I speak to them, since Calvary, he's been drawing humanity. Hey! Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost. There's not a person that you can talk to on this evergreen earth that he is not already drawing, whether they are conscious or subconscious about it. He's drawing. Number, number three, another enemy to boldness is this, laziness. I know, I'm sorry. Came out there with that right hook out of all that. Laziness. Some people don't want to witness because they don't want to be bothered. And if a soul is a bother, then there's more things than our witness that's at fault. Matter of fact, it'd be good to go to a closet of repentance. Say, God, if, if people are a bother, then we really, folks, we have more than, than a witness deficiency as a problem. People is the purpose of the existence of the church, regardless of who they are. Sin is an enemy of boldness, hidden sin. Open sin is an enemy to boldness because it's hard to have a witness, particularly when you got open sin going on. And it's hard to be bold in a witness when no one except you know about the hidden sin that's going on. <laughs> In your life. Another, another enemy to boldness is a lack of skill. Lack of skill. Yeah, lack of skill. Our, our last little series was practice makes perfect. Anything you do gets fine-tuned through the art of doing it. Right? Your, your lifting ability, Zach McGee is... Fine-tuned compared to that first day going into the gym. Oh, let's think back to that moment. <laughs> it's fine-tuned over time. Lack of skill, what? Is the enemy of boldness. Because each time you endeavor to witness, that helps you for the next time that you endeavor to do it again. 
It's almost like a muscle that you just you, you work and you exercise that it just becomes more effective and your ability to know how to handle conversations and situations is more fluid than what it was the first time you ever did it because you constantly practice. So a lack of skill, just get out there, put yourself out there and do it. Do it. And if you feel like you rejected, you did a horrible job, just try to knock that dust off your feet and don't allow that then to be a hindrance for the next time that you, because I guarantee you God smiles every time you make the attempt. God smiles every time you make an attempt. Another enemy to boldness is a lack of knowledge. Everybody say a lack of knowledge. A lack of knowledge. Again, you don't have to know everything, but that doesn't exempt us from knowing what we can know. Right? Talk to somebody about God, the things of God, but we don't know anything about God except that, well, I know he exists. Well, folks, we've been given. He's told us a lot about himself. A lot about himself. Where we come here on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday, we try to, you know, infuse you with knowledge concerning God. Amen. And so you know your story, what he's done for you, but it's also important to have a a workable knowledge of his story and what he has done for humanity throughout time. And so a lack of knowledge is another enemy of boldness. Following the example of Acts number four, here's something very simple. We talk about praying for wisdom. Here's something else. Just pray for boldness. I mean, people will pray for everything under the sun. Pray for patience. Pray for a good attitude. Pray for money for the bill. What's wrong with just praying for good old-fashioned boldness? The Bible says in Acts 4, verse 29, up here this morning, And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Here's Peter and John. And grant unto thy servants that all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand. There's a prayer taking place for these to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by thy name of thy holy child, Jesus. So, another point. The prayer here, it spoke against the hindering forces that would come against them. But then it asked for boldness to accomplish what needed to be done. Let there be signs and let there be miracles and let there be wonders done by the Lord. Now, here's comfort for any prayer that we pray. But even for this one, when you pray for boldness, the Lord will hear and answer your prayer. And note now, this is important, I think. If you look again at the scripture, they prayed that with all boldness that they may speak by word by stretching forth thine hand. That with all bonus that they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand. You know what I, what I glean from that is this. God, we can speak boldly because God is actively involved. Let's speak words of boldness by the stretching forth of you. We can say what we say because we know when we say it, you are actively involved. You got a hand in on it. You got, a, you got a hand in on it. That's the reason even we see in the scripture when he told him to go forth and lay hands on the sick. He's talking about his hand. I think it's in Mark. Isn't it right? Yeah, what does it say, Bishop? Right off hand? The, the Lord's hand working with them. That's what it is. He said to go forth and you lay hands on these and the sick, the Lord's hand working with you. And so this is the same thing concerning the boldness. It says as we speak, as we speak those words, boldness speaking those words by stretching forth thy hand. What's he saying? God is actively involved in what we are doing. 
God is actively involved in what we are doing. Whenever you go to be a witness for him, he is involved in what you are doing. I tried to hurry here this morning. I got five minutes, five minutes to wrap this thing up. Amen. Put a bow on it. During the time of Jesus' death and resurrection, there was a particular Mary among the group. I'm not talking about Mary, the mother of Jesus. I'm not talking about uh, another Mary that was the mother of James. I'm talking about Mary that was the one called Mary Magdalene. Many of you have heard of her. But the backstory of Mary Magdalene is this. Mary Magdalene was the one that gospels say that Jesus had cast out seven devils. That's what the Bible says. He cast seven devils out of Mary Magdalene. As a matter of fact, the Bible places her at Calvary at the cross to be an eyewitness of the crucifix of the Lord Jesus Christ. And interesting enough, it also then proclaims her to be the first proclaimer of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. An old phrase that I read several years ago, I looked it back up to make sure I got it right, that the last to leave Calvary was the first to witness his resurrection. last to leave Calvary was the first to witness his resurrection after she arrived at the tomb. When she arrived at the tomb, she noticed that the stone was already rolled away. She knew the purpose of that stone was to keep anybody from taking the body to protect, if you will, the grave. The sun had not yet risen totally on that morn, but she noticed that the stone had been moved away and that stone being moved away within itself was enough for her to go back to the disciples and proclaim, hey, the stone has been rolled away. Upon hearing that, the Bible says that Peter and John ran to the tomb. Bible says that we see that they went in finally, both of them finally went in and seen the grave clothes lying there and the napkin wrapped together by itself, which the Bible said would take place and would happen. And they are still dealing with their grief and their loss of the Lord. They know he's not there, but they don't know where he is exactly. All they have is a empty tomb. And so they leave and return and go around. But the Bible says that Mary, she is standing there alone by herself now. She is weeping. She is somewhat troubled over the events and what happened. She's glad that the Lord is there, but she wished she knew where he was. She's heartbroken. She's consumed by grief, and there's a man that approaches her. Some of the Gospels even portray him as oh, a gardener to her, and she sees him, and she says to him, basically, he's asking her, why are you weeping, Mary? She, who are you seeking, Mary? And she looks to this gardener, and she's wanting to know, well, who, who's moved the Lord's body? She said, will you please tell me where you have taken him? Please tell me where you've taken him. And she even begged with boldness. Here's the boldness of Mary. And consider this. Tell me where you've taken the Lord. Tell, you, tell me where you've taken his body. She says, and I will take him away. Think. Here is a man's body, however much that weighs, that had also been wrapped with about 100 pounds of spices, however much that weighs in addition to what already is there. And here is a lone woman saying, just tell me where he's at and I'll take him. Now that's biting off a pretty big piece of meat right there. I'll take him away. Then the Lord spoke to her in that familiar voice and said, Mary, she knew the moment that she heard her voice by the Savior. She turned to him and realized him to be her master and he instructed her, go and tell the disciples, what you have seen, what I've said, what you have heard. 
And so she arises from that moment of being weeping and heartbroken. And she goes back to the disciples and she told the disciples her first time there was there's a there's the stone rode away. But the second time she goes, she says, I have seen him. (laughs) I have seen him. Amen. And that was different than from just the first of a stone being rolled away. She's talking about her personal experience. I have seen him. And so now we have a Mary Magdalene that has dual stories. She can talk about how she had seven devils at one time and no longer has them. But she can also tell about the story of a resurrected Savior. And those are the stories that we need to lead with in our lives. What he's done for me. And what he has done for everyone. What he's done for me and what he can do for you. And you. And you. Power. Boldness. Power. To be a witness in our world. If you'll stand with me this morning. Hallelujah. God give us a Holy Ghost boldness. God, wisdom that is from above and a boldness, O Lord, a boldness, O world, Lord. Can we bow our heads here today? Brother Mason, as you come, bow our heads today. This morning would just be a good, good time just to have a prayer with God about, Lord, give me boldness. God, give me boldness. Give me boldness to speak, Lord, my own story. Give me boldness, the Lord, to hear and listen, God, to the turmoil, God, that they may, Lord, be in at this moment. And you, you got to reserve yourself sometimes because sometimes what you're hearing may be the product of their own choosing. Got them there like, man, that's the last thing I want to listen to, somebody that got themselves in a mess. But you just got to take the moment, amen, to be uh, just a Christ-like listener for a moment and just listen because God might be preparing a soil for you to, to deposit some seed. God, help me, Lord, not to be too busy Not too busy, Lord Jesus, to give an ear, God, to somebody that is hungry. Help me, God, not to be lazy, I pray, oh, Lord, and just disengage because, you know, it's just a bother to me. Help me, God, not allow sin to be an enemy, Lord Jesus, in my life or a lack of skill or a lack of knowledge. Help me, oh, God, today to be bold. Help me, oh, God, to understand that we are dealing, God, with the eternity, Lord Jesus, of men, the eternity, Lord Jesus, of women everything else lord by and large that we deal with in this life is temporal god it will fade away it will perish god it will die with no eternality lord jesus linked with it but god when we talk about people when we talk about men and women we talk about souls we are talking about eternal things we are talking about eternal things i pray oh god we pray lord for boldness help us god to once again re-engage that prayer room let there be a fresh lord and anointing of the power of the Holy Ghost to fall upon us. God, to inflame and embolden, Lord Jesus, our witness. Help us, God, to make the attempt knowing, God, you want us to succeed. You smile at it, and you're working with us and for us in that endeavor. You've already been drawing them, O God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, yes, God. Hallelujah. Can we just sing just a little bit of something here this morning, Brother Mason, as we close out this service? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.